Hey lady, I am so freaking jazzed that you're here. My name is Emily and I am a clinical social worker deeply passionate about what's going on in between our ears. I am here to help build up your toolbox against self-doubt, social comparison, and nasty self-talk to help keep you kind to your mind. You know, we all have something going on in that noggin of ours that isn't always kind. So let's put in the legwork and flex those mindset muscles so that we can move the mountains we were meant to freaking move. Let's go. Hey, little rock star. How the heck are you? I need to chat with you today about an experience that I had recently that got me really thinking, look, friend, I I fell down a hole afterwards and the result of that hole falling is this episode for you today because I have honestly discovered some things about myself recently that I think you might also be able to relate to. So here we go. Okay, story starts with me in my workplace having an experience that I did not know how to explain, how to identify. I was not really sure how I ended up feeling the way that I did, to be honest with you. A little background here. I have been working to make some moves in my nine to five job recently. And by recently, I mean over the past year and a half. Okay, I have been seeking out every opportunity. I have been putting myself in in all of the places to learn and grow and experience so that I can step into that new position. Hopefully someday I'm still crossing my fingers. But I had an experience where we were in a meeting and we needed to find a solution to something of how our program operated. Right. And I put my name in the ring. I put my name in the ring. I called my shot. And that used to be terrifying to me, but now I'm kind of welcoming it with open arms. And the result of that was something that I wasn't expecting. Basically, the answer was no, Emily, we don't need you to do that. We need someone else to. And originally, My reaction is what kind of started this whole falling, okay? My reaction was, oh, I'm not qualified to do that. Or I am not the person that can answer that for our program. I don't have enough experience or expertise or resources or knowledge to be able to do what my program needs someone to do. I immediately accepted that as rejection, rejection. When really what it was, was we needed someone else in a different role to be that solution. It wasn't realistic for me to be that solution. But I immediately, immediately the second that it came out of my leadership's mouth, took it as rejection. And so I kind of fell down a hole about this. You know, if you know me by now and you've listened to the Kind Mind Project for a while, you know that I need to find an answer or an explanation to better help me understand what I'm going through or what I'm experiencing. And that's not necessarily because I need a a diagnosis or a label or whatever, but I often find that my 
behavior and thought patterns and experiences are not the first in the history of the world. Okay, and neither are yours. I love you, but neither are yours. So I needed some kind of explanation to help me further understand what was going on. And here's what I found. There is a a piece of us that can sometimes learn to become very reactionary to moments of rejection. And we learn that. We learn that at a very early, early age. And because of those experiences, those learning experiences and what we know from, from an early time in our lives is that later on that presents itself as a very sensitive response to rejection, overly so, to the point where it gets in the way, like those experiences I had in a meeting a couple days ago, right? So here's how we kind of learn that. Maybe... I learned this because of being rejected by an important figure in my life when I was a child. Maybe that's where I learned it. Maybe I learned it by having my emotions labeled as dramatic or extra or something along those lines. Maybe I learned it by having people in my life leave me out or leave me alone. Maybe I learned it by having a highly critical caregiver or being bullied in, in my younger years. Maybe those are the places that I learned that. And if any of those kind of ring true to you, potentially you might be experiencing some rejection sensitivity. Now, all of the, the nerdy research that I've done about rejection sensitivity has led me to a, a couple of different places. Uh, most folks that experience this also experience symptoms similar to ADHD, if not have an ADHD diagnosis. Here's my disclaimer for you. First and foremost, I am not a person that experiences ADHD. Also, this is not a formal diagnosis, a formal label to a mental health condition. Think of this more as an experience. Numbers of experiences that kind of layer up on each other to have this presentation later in life. And here's how that can kind of present itself. Maybe you are interpreting the behaviors of others as rejection when they're not actually so, aka the meeting I just had, right? Maybe there's this hypervigilance about being rejected, constant feelings of social isolation, constant need to be liked by others, and maybe even difficulty making romantic connections or relationships. If any of those experiences ring true to you now, I think this is something that we can take a deeper look at. Both how we learned these things, but also how they present for us today, how they present for us in our day-to-day lives, because that does change things. If I hadn't learned these things early on, I would have looked at that meeting at work completely differently. I would have been able to see that and be like, okay, they need someone else to do it. This is more realistic for someone else in a different role to meet this need for our program. End of story. I wouldn't have taken it on a a spiral of spirals to say that I was not capable. And because they told me no for this particular case, I wasn't capable, wasn't qualified, wasn't good enough, was being rejected. 
right? Man, I spiraled real quick. But I did that for a reason. And odds are you probably are too. Now let's get a little bit technical for a second. Okay, a lot of scholars recently, a lot of mental health psychology based scholars are talking about something called rejection sensitive dysphoria. And to be honest with you, this is appears to be anyway from the little digging that I was able to do that this occurs mostly when ADHD and anxiety combine. Now, this is not the only answer, but this is a answer that they they tend to see with these two things coming together. And it's this extreme sensitivity and truly pain that's triggered by the perception, not always the reality of, but the perception that a person has been rejected or teased or criticized by some important person in their life. This can also be triggered by a sense of failing to meet their own high standards or other people's expectations. Oof, that rings true for me. I don't know about for you, but it definitely rings true for me. And this kind of started to perk my interest. And I've found that we can experience this sudden and intense like bouts of depression or even rage. We often see ourselves as people pleasers, but we feel like failures when it comes to that people pleasing because we can't make everyone happy and and we see that as a fault of ours not just the reality of not being able to make everybody happy here's what I also found about the workplace though and this is where it gets pretty interesting in the workplace we first of all generally assume the worst okay we worry that we will be fired straight up fired Every time our boss, our boss calls us into their office. When I heard that, friend, I was like, you know, I really thought that that was a normal thing. I really thought that everyone worried that much about their boss pulling them into their office. Turns out, apparently, hmm, news to me, that it's not. The worrying I was doing about my boss saying, hey, can I talk to you for a second? That worry was to another level because of my fear of rejection, my fear of failure, because of my hypersensitivity to being rejected. In the workplace, we also find that we dedicate more time, significantly more time to a task than necessary, right? That pressure to be perfect, that pressure to to get it all right so that we don't have opportunity to fail, But on the opposite side of things, we also pass up opportunities and avoid starting projects because we're afraid that we'll fail. So notice that that presents itself in in two very different ways there. The other thing I was able to find was that we tend to fall into a rejection sensitivity sort of cycle. And when I, I broke this part down, I was like, man, that's exactly what I've been doing exactly what I've been doing and now I understand deeper why I do it. So first of all we have something that starts this cycle right so maybe symptoms associated with things like ADHD like we talked about before but this could also be early relational trauma. Now what do I mean by early relational trauma? Well maybe a caregiver was more critical than they should have been. Maybe in the beginning of our lives, we felt particularly bullied um, or we had experiences where we were often left out or rejected and now we expect that to happen. 
So know that when I say early relational trauma, I recognize that the word trauma has a, a big weight to it, right? But it also includes things that we wouldn't normally think about. Those things that I just mentioned, we wouldn't necessarily, I guess, consider them traumatic, right, in the moment. It's something that we learn and unfortunately get used to, but it's also something that deeply affects us later on. So we have that beginning of that cycle, right? Something early on happens in our childhood, that early relational trauma piece, or we may have symptoms associated with ADHD if that's something that you particularly experience. But regardless, those two things tend to lead us to become a people pleaser, to counter that rejection. We so deeply want to please others and stay on their good side and have them like us in order to get away from that possibility of rejection. So then we move on to that next stage of the cycle and we are compulsively helpful. We're always saying yes to things. And of course, what happens when we always say yes to things? Oh, we get burnout. And after we get burnout, we're not able to honor all of those commitments that we've said that we've said yes to and this last piece perpetuates our cycle because due to that burnout that lack of ability to fulfill those commitments we then see more rejection and that rejection further proves the belief that we have that rejection is surrounding us everywhere failure is bound to happen so we have to go through the cycle again and when i was able to look at this I was able to to sort of pull it apart and recognize the ways that I've done this in the past. My goodness, it stopped me from so many things, from so, so many things. Because I'll tell you, rejection sensitivity thrives, absolutely thrives in an information vacuum. What do I mean by that? An information vacuum, it thrives off of those what ifs those maybes and those possibilities. It thrives off of us saying, what if they're talking about me the second that I leave? What if they thought it was a joke that I applied for that job? What if I put myself out there and I'm absolutely rejected? It thrives on that. It thrives on us saying, maybe I won't be good enough. Maybe there's someone better for the job. Maybe they think that I'm stupid. Maybe he won't even like me right? Thrives on that, perpetuates itself on that. But it also thrives on those possibilities. Could they be talking about me right now? Do they think that I am ridiculous and dramatic and extra? Thrives off of those things. All of those what ifs, maybes, and possibilities, that's the place where it lives. But how do we get it to stop? That's certainly what I want to know because now that I've recognized it about myself, now that I know that this is something that I fall into a lot, how do I get out of it? How do I unlearn it? You know, especially if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that my answer for this is probably going to be what? Working through it with a therapist. Yes, absolutely. But also being able to challenge some of those what ifs, maybes, and possibilities. We got to start to challenge those. What if they're talking about me? Okay, Emily, what if they are? What if they are? What does that mean? 
What does that mean about you? What does that mean about them? But more importantly, what happens next? So let's say that they are talking about you. Okay, let's say that that rejection is present. What's next? What are we going to do about it? How are we going to respond? Because that's your choice. That's the choice that you have. Yeah, I can be ultra sensitive to reactions of rejection everywhere on a day-to-day basis, but I'm going to choose my reaction. That's not going to get me anywhere. Constantly worrying about the rejection around me, that's not going to make me motivated for change. That's not going to make me motivated to put myself out there and, and be vulnerable. No. So we start to challenge those things. What if I'm not qualified for the job? Well, I guess after I, I apply, I'll get the answer. Won't I? I? I guess I'll get the answer after that. So I might as well find out. Could I take that possibility for rejection and say, oh, no, might as well not try. Uh-uh. Nope. Sure. I could do that. Or I could have an answer. I could put myself out there anyway. And, and if I'm so worried about the rejection happening, if it's going to happen anyway, I might as well just do it. Right? I might as well just do it and find out. I don't know if you noticed this, but a lot of those thoughts that come to us when we have this fear of rejection, a lot of those thoughts pop up as a question, right? What if, fill in the blank, could they be blah de blah right? So the way that we start to combat some of those instead of just immediately jumping to action and deciding, okay, well, that's a possibility, so we're not doing it. Why don't we answer the question? Could they be talking about me? Yes, they could. They also could not, right? And take that a step further. What does that mean if they are? What does that mean if they are? Answer that question honestly. What does that mean to you if they are? What if they think I'm stupid? Okay, what if they do? What does that mean? What does that mean? And also, how are we going to choose to respond? What does that change? And if you listened to our episode last week, you know that there is so much inner communication going on in between that question of what if or that declaration of maybe and the reaction that you choose to have or the response that you choose to take, right? There's so much of that going on in between. So let's answer some of those questions. Let's figure out what the heck it means to us and let's decide In spite of the rejection, am I still going to act? Am I going to do something about it? And am I going to find out if my thoughts that I'm having are even true? If they're even accurate? Because I can almost guarantee you, the woman that is ultra sensitive to rejection, that is having constant thoughts about being rejected and failing and being criticized, I can almost guarantee you that nine times out of ten, The thoughts that you're having are not accurate, not accurate, not actually happening, not based in reality. And that's fine that we're having them, but we have to understand where they've come from, where we've learned them from. And we have to start answering those questions, answering those questions, challenging the thoughts, and then choosing how to act afterwards. That is going to make all the difference. That's not to say that you'll never be rejected again. That's not to say that you'll never fail again. But you know my thoughts on failure. And if we can't get comfy and cozy with that, 
It's going to stop us from doing a lot of things. So start answering some questions. Maybe if you related to this episode today, I'd love to hear from you. So head on over to my Instagram page. Let me know. Hey, yeah, I really related to that. I find that I do a lot of this shit to myself too. And let's have a conversation about it. Because I don't know about you, but I didn't even know that other people were doing this. I didn't know that other people were having this experience. So let's join in in some community here and learn this experience together. I love you, babe. I'll talk to you soon. Dude, thank you so much for including the kind mind and this weirdo in your journey. If you vibed with this episode, I would love to connect with you on social media. Go take your takeaways to your Instagram story and tag me so I can thank you for spreading a message that is near and dear to my heart. Thank you for letting me sit in the passenger seat of your personal growth journey. I want to hear about the mountains that you are moving. But until next time, stay kind to that mind, girlfriend. I'll talk to you soon.